And we are live. This is the Wrap It Up on Blast Raps postgame. My name is Sheldon Alexander, and as always, this episode of Wrap It Up is brought to you by Clean Cuts Barbershop, 2013 Danforth Avenue in Toronto. Clean Cuts, the multicultural barbers that will always keep you fresh for any and all occasions. So go see Skip and the Crew, and as a wise man once said, tell them that I sent you. Check them out on Instagram at Clean Cuts Toronto, or give them a call 416-917-4833 to book your appointment now. Well, that was a great game. Toronto Raptors win in Dallas, 123-120, to at least salvage a win on this little three-game road trip. Again, my name is Sheldon Alexander. Thanks for joining me. Special shouts to the people that are on Twitter, the Twitter crew. Shout out to all you guys for joining in and always asking questions. Click on the link that you see on Twitter. You'll end up in Periscope, where you'll see a chat bar on the side of the screen. Then your questions, comments, and concerns there. We get all that there, as well as on Instagram, at Sheldon Alexander, where we always take your questions there as well. Let me know what you think of this recent Raptors win. And for those of you listening to this at a later time, just know that, as always, we do the show live, and then it becomes a podcast you can find on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, by searching On Blast Podcast. You'll find this feed, as well as our Blast Podcast, which is a more NBA, like general NBA talk with my guy, Andrew Webster. But of course, this is Wrap It Up. And, you know, big talk here. Big talk is always on YouTube as well. Shout out to the YouTube people there. In all these places, if you like what you hear, just like and subscribe, rate us, all that fun stuff. Share, tell your friends. Because, hey, we're here on a Sunday night, happy that the Raptors were able to pull out the victory. And... Let's be serious. This is game, what, 52 for the Toronto Raptors? And the countdown is on, guys. The countdown is on in terms of how many more times we get to watch Kawhi Leonard in a Raptors uniform. And the reason why I'm emphasizing this to savor this is because tonight you got another example of just how good Kawhi Leonard can be, right? 33 points, 10 rebounds, 9 defensive rebounds for Kawhi. But it was just when you needed those tough battles, you needed a good basket, there was Kawhi Leonard to get it done. It's just proven time and time again, solid win by Kawhi Leonard and the Raptors, and again, an even bigger win because they improved to 37-15, and if you check out NBA box scores, then you know that the Toronto Raptors won, but the Milwaukee Bucks lost. The Bucks lost in OKC. Shouts to Rusty in OKC. Got love for that squad. But anyways, big win for the Raptors as mentioned in this game from the get-go if we decide to go through what happened in this game I mean first things first we know the Mavs are an all right team right they're a solid team we know all about Luka and Luka did put on tonight Luka put in work the Mavs are sub 500 but the Mavs are a very good team at home right so I think they mentioned it during the broadcast the Mavs have I think the sixth best winning percentage at home in the entire NBA so this is a very home team a very good um challenge for the toronto raptors and early on the raptors came out great you, nick nurse mentioned in the pregame that with a couple with a day off the raptors were able to get a practice in they watched some film they went over some stuff and you could tell because early the rap the offense seemed crispy 
right? There's a lot of passing, a lot of ball movement. You're getting easy shots. One guy I got to give a lot of credit to in this game is Kyle Lowry. Kyle Lowry had such a weird season of such extremes, right? Like the way that he started the year, he was unstoppable, right? Looked like one of the best point guards in the league. Then he kind of had that little stretch where, what was it, four games in a row where he just shot like terribly. Then he got hurt for about 10 games. Then he came back and it's kind of been up and down, up and down. He played two really good games in a row and then struggled in the last Raptor game. And everyone's kind of just waiting to see, can Kyle Lowry and Kawhi Leonard both play well in the same game? And this was a game that you saw that. Kyle Lowry, 5 of 14 from the floor, but 5 of 10 from three. Kyle Lowry, he started off hot from three. I want to say he knocked down like his first three three-pointers in this game. And Lowry finished with 19 points, nine assists, five rebounds in this game, while also doing the normal Kyle Lowry things we're so used to seeing him do, right? Like a key possession late in the game where he gets matched up on Luka. And in most situations, right, if Luka gets matched up against the other team's point guard, you're worried. That's a guaranteed bucket. But not Kyle Lowry. Kyle Lowry you know, stood his ground, forced Luka into taking a tough, tough turnaround, and then Luka missed, Raps get the rebound, Luka fouls, surge, and frustration, and that was, that almost led to the end of the game, right, that almost iced it for the Raptors, but again, early on, great ball movement, early, very early in the game, Kawhi hitting back-to-back threes, Danny Green hit a three early, Siakam hit a three early, and he kind of got, you know, you kind of got an early glimpse of what was to come in this game. And the Raptors finished 17 of 34 from three-point land. That's incredible, right? Incredible three-point shooting. But I feel like the reason for that great three-point was a great ball movement. And the most important thing that I'm seeing from Kyle Lowry, and even in the last game where he didn't shoot well, and people kind of knocked me for this, but I was saying I was just happy with him taking the shots. The fact that he was missing them, Hey, that's going to happen sometimes, but you need Kyle Lowry to be aggressive. You need him to be coming off those screens when he's going, as Jack likes to point out, when he's coming to his left, right? You need Kyle Lowry to be able to catch that ball in rhythm and just shoot it with confidence. And when he's doing that, that's what you need to see if you're a Toronto Raptors fan. You don't want to see him hesitating. You don't want to see him passing up shots. They need Kyle Lowry to take and make those shots, right? And you saw that with the ball movement. When him and Danny Green are shooting threes like that, it's very tough to stop the Toronto Raptors. Danny Green also had a great game. And I feel like Danny Green always has a solid game, regardless of what the numbers say. But 10 points in this game, 2 of 3 from 3-point land. You could almost like book Danny Green for two threes in every game, no? Seems like a thing. But I had this conversation earlier. It was a text conversation I had with a couple friends in a group chat. And I asked, how different would this Raptors season be if they didn't make the trade? Meaning you would have DeMar still, but the Danny Green spot would be by, played by OG or Norm, essentially, right? Or CJ. And now think about just the injuries that those guys have gone through. You know, obviously some off-the-court stuff going on with OG. But just think about the games that Danny Green and Kawhi have won for this Raptors team this season, right? It just adds such a layer of maturity and playoff toughness and experience 
that these guys are just able to handle any and all situations. But another solid game for Danny Green. It's just playing good defense, hitting open threes, and it became contagious. Kawhi with three threes, Kyle with five, Danny Green with two threes, Van Fleet with three threes. The shooting was contagious tonight. And the thing that was interesting, and got to give Nick Nurse credit for this, he did a lot of drawing up set plays to get Kyle Lowry those open looks, right? There was a key one late in the game where I want to say the Raptors were down four, and it was an out-of-bounds play, and they ran that set where Danny Green comes around first, and it looks like the place for him. And so you almost have the defenders cheat towards Danny Green, but really it's for Kyle Lowry, who made the inbounds pass, and he's trailing, coming all the way around to the top of the key to get the ball and knock down that three. Again, in rhythm, going left to right. Or sorry, going right to left, catching the ball and shooting it in rhythm. Great job by the Raptors, right? Just a great job by the Raptors in this game. Save for the third quarter, where, you know, maybe it was one of those things where at halftime, they were playing so well, they kind of loosened up a little, and the Mavs got off to a, a good run. Because that third quarter was just atrocious. Because if we go back to the start of this game, Raps were cooking early. 15-2 run, they are 5-7 for seven from 3 early. I noticed, too, one thing that was interesting was the rotation. There's a lot of talk last game because DeLon Wright didn't play. And I always feel like in this market, and maybe it happens in other markets too, but obviously I notice it so much more because I'm so focused on the Raptors market, but I feel like bench guy minutes, like guys' minutes at the end of the bench that don't really matter, always becomes a talking point or more of a talking point than it should be. So DeLon Wright didn't play last game, which I did find strange. But it seemed to take up like a lot of Nick Nurse's, you know, discussions in the in the press conferences. And, you know, with that said, a lot of the talk online as well. People were wondering why DeLon Wright didn't play. And so it was interesting to see as he still sorts out this rotation with OG coming back, obviously, Norm being fully in and Norm playing really well. Well, in tonight's game, OG was the first guy was the first wing player off the bench. Obviously, Freddie comes in and you know, spells Kyle early, but here's the thing that I noticed that was really different, and here's the thing, if you've been following this podcast and you listen and you're paying attention to what we were talking about last episode, it was, you got to stop playing the bench as a full unit, and what did we see tonight? The Raptors did not play the full bench unit together. They kept two starters on the floor at all times and then rotated through between Norm, Fred, and OG. And then you saw DeLon get some minutes as well. But for the most part, for the majority of the bench minutes, there were two starters on the floor at the same time. And that was big, right? That was one of the things we've been talking about because the bench as a full unit hasn't been working. And so to have Kyle and Pascal out there or to have Danny Green and Kawhi out there with the three bench guys, it seemed to work really well for the Raptors. So I'm going to be interested to see if that continues because you're still playing nine guys. it's still You're still playing the same amount of guys, right? It's just a matter of how you alter the minutes. The other thing to me that was super important about how Nick Nurse managed his rotation was now you're also, you're also spreading out Kyle and Kawhi's minutes. 
And what that does, it makes me think a lot about what happened last year, right? If you go back to last season when the Houston Rockets made the trade for Chris Paul and everyone was worried about how is this going to work? How is Chris Paul and James Harden going to play together? They both need the ball in their hands at all times, right? And what did Mike D'Antoni do? He did a really good job of having a lot of Chris Paul's minutes come with the second unit or with James Harden on the bench. And what that does is you're always having a primary ball handler on the floor, but also it gives Chris Paul a chance to be that ball-dominant guy, to be that lead guy for an extended period of time. I feel like in this game, you kind of saw the same thing with Kyle Lowry and Kawhi Leonard. Because the issue that we've been seeing for the majority of the year is the fact that Kyle and Kawhi, like together for whatever reason, and it's not about a blame game or it's not a fault, it's just trying to work out chemistry, right? But they haven't been playing well together at the same time on the floor. So when you see that now the minutes are split between the bench and the starters, but you're having your start having two starters at least still remain on the court with the bench well now well here's Kyle Lowry featured with the bench while Kawhi's getting the rest but now Kyle Lowry gets to be Kyle Lowry right he gets to maintain that confidence of driving hard to the basket trying to get fouled or taking that three-pointer shot that three-point shot in rhythm right and because you can't blame Kyle Lowry for this because Kawhi Leonard's a really good player but a lot of the time what's happened during the season is that Kyle Lowry, when he's on with Kawhi, he's sort of deferring to Kawhi a lot. And he's very more he's a lot more likely to just pass the ball to Kawhi and then kind of just the rest of the team just stands there. Which is not good offense for anybody, right? But you saw just a little bit different uh, rotation and how much that worked because you allowed Kyle Lowry to still be him by getting him a, a chunk of minutes without Kawhi on the floor. And then by the end of the game, you saw them run a, some solid offense at the end of the game. Got to give them credit for that. Solid offense at the end of the game. And I want to highlight one play in particular. Kawhi had the ball at the free throw line, which is one adjustment that was completely different because if you go back to the last play that they ran in Houston, he had Kawhi at the top of the key, almost at half court. And then the Raptors trying to run the screen and roll, but you're so far out from the three-point line you're kind of messing up the play. There's not much else that can happen. And if you notice the adjustment tonight, Kawhi gets the ball basically at the free throw line. And now that's just bully ball from the foul line down. Kawhi got the ball. Wesley Matthews was guarding him super tight. But Kawhi, and this is something coaches will teach you, right? He stretches his arm out and extends the dribble beyond Wesley Matthews to get him kind of a head start. And then it's just one dribble to the basket. Tough land for Kawhi. Should have been an and one. But as we know, the refs don't call the and ones on Kawhi yet for whatever reason. But that pretty much iced the game, that play. Again, a great job by the Raptors down the stretch. And even Kyle Lowry hit a big three down the stretch as well. It was a monster game for the Raptors. A great game. Again, when you can see, these are the stat lines the Raptors need to see from their two All-Stars. 33-10 and 10 from Kawhi, 19-9-5 from Kyle Lowry. That's a production the Raptors need, right? I'm, let's let's go to the flip side for a second and show some love to Luka Doncic. Wow. I got to admit I was wrong. I was wrong. To start the season and at the draft, I was from the camp that, hey, I don't know. I can't evaluate EuroLeague basketball. Like, we can watch highlights, cool. But I don't know how that translates into the NBA. 
So a 19-year-old putting in work in the Euro League, I don't know what that means. So my stance was, I need to see what happens. I need to see what he does in the league before I'm bowing down like so many people were heading into this season. Hey, I can admit, I was wrong. That kid, that kid gets busy. Like, Luca put in work, and it didn't matter who was guarding him for the Raptors. He was getting busy. Norm almost fouled out. Danny Green had, I think, like five fouls. He was blown by Kawhi at certain points, too. I mean, it didn't really get to the point where the Raps had to, you know, put fourth quarter Kawhi on him on defense to, like, put the clamps on him. It didn't get to that point, really. But 35, 10, and 12, that's work. And he's got it all, man. He's got a nice jumper. The way that he drives to the basket, he's got the floater game on lock. You saw how many times he, he used a pick and roll and was throwing the, the alley-oop, very Chris Paul-like. But you're saying he's doing the Chris Paul-like uh, throwing those alley-oops. But this guy's like, what, 6'8", six, 6'9"? Six, Kid's legit. I mean, it, it's great for Dallas because... I want Mark Cuban's team to be successful. So I'm kind of ha- I'm happy that Mark Cuban finally of all these years after not really getting a high enough draft pick to get to fully rebuild and they're not going to tank because Rick Carlisle's too good of a coach to tank, but to get that f- next franchise guy after Dirk, I'm happy for the Mavs to see that cuz Luka's legit. He is legit. And you think about all these free agents that are around, you start wondering is someone going to want to sign with Luca in Dallas, right? Like Mark Cuban seems to be an owner that you would want to play with if you're a star player, unless there's something I'm missing. Uh, someone in the chat says, what were the Hawks thinking? Yeah, the Hawks The Hawks traded for um, Trey Young, obviously, right? They, they took Trey Young instead of Luca, And I mean, if you think about it, uh, the Kings also took Marvin Bagley and then there's the Suns. Like, you think of all those teams. All those teams could have used Luka Doncic, right? So, it's interesting. It's crazy. But that's how the draft works. Different scouting departments are going to come back with different reports. The Mavs knew the guy that they wanted. They traded up to get him. Made it happen, right? It was weird as well, I'll say this, to see <laughs> to see uh, Dirk Nowitzki come off the bench. It's just weird to see Dirk like this. But at the end of the day, shouts to Dirk, one of the best big guys to ever play. And, you know, maybe it's fitting that Dirk didn't leave or he didn't retire until they got the next guy. That's kind of cool. But let's get to the, the chat here, see what people are saying. Let me start with Twitter, see if there's any comments here on the Twitter page. And... People are saying Nick Nurse put Kawhi in better position at the end of the game. Exactly, right? That's what I was talking about. If you notice at the end of last game, it was a Kawhi screen and roll, but it was near half quarter, near the top of the key. And it's almost really far out. As opposed to letting him cook from that foul line, letting him beast mode from that foul line. Real basketball heads, think back and remember year two LeBron in Miami, right? where they started playing LeBron at the four, and LeBron got deezed over that summer, came back, and it was foul line extended, LeBron top of the key just getting busy, and you couldn't stop him. Remember, shooting percentages were way up because basically it was all paint points. That's almost the offense they ran with Kawhi Leonard at the end of the game. And, you know, 
Wesley Matthews is a great defender, but Kawhi Leonard's just going to bully him at the end of the day. And that's what we saw. Uh, another comment here. Kyle played well, but I want to see him play well against big teams with Kawhi. It's a great point. It's a great point. We'll get to see that on Thursday because the Raptors' next game is against the Milwaukee Bucks. I think that qualifies as a big game. So that'll be a good opportunity to see what Kyle Lowry shows up to that game, right? That'll be a lot of fun. That'll be a lot of fun. Uh, another comment, if we have this Kyle in the playoffs, we have a great chance on making the finals. Exactly true. We've been saying this, guys, from the start of the season. If Kyle Lowry is healthy and playing like the Kyle Lowry that we saw at the start of the year, the Kyle Lowry we saw tonight, Kyle Lowry is aggressive, Raptors are making the NBA Finals. It's, it's that simple. You need Kyle Lowry to get you 20 a night, somewhere near 20 a night. You need the, the ability for Kyle Lowry to get you 25 on any given night. That's what you need. He is your second All-Star. And yes, his assist numbers are always there. I'm pretty sure he's still second in the league in assists. Yes, he still does the other little Kyle Lowry veteran point guard things, you know, the solid defense, the taking charges, the getting Siakam the ball and Serge in the ball, getting Serge the ball in places that they can succeed. But overall, you need Kyle Lowry to score as well. And he did that tonight. If he's shooting that three with confidence, that's what you need to see. Uh, someone says, have any thoughts on playing the Bucks next? It's a big game. The Raptors have played the Bucks tough. They've had they've played them how many times this year? Three times. One one of the times was without Kawhi. Uh, I want to say the second time the Raptors blew the game late against the against the Bucks at home. I'm pretty sure that was the case. If my memory serves, where the Raptors I want to say were up three. They're up three with like a minute left, and Kyle missed a three pointer late. The Bucks came down. I think Brogdon hit a three, and then they hit another three, and it just, you know, didn't go well. But then you go back to the last time the Raptors played the Bucks, and that was a good win for them. So it's been an up and down season. That was a game where Giannis, like the Raptors, just played a really dope night. But that was the game where Kawhi Leonard and Pascal Siakam both scored thirty points. Giannis put up forty three. But it didn't matter because the Raptors got that secondary scoring behind Kawhi Leonard. And if you're getting that, hey, the Raptors in that game too, if I remember correctly, that game was on the road. Raptors in Milwaukee and the Raptors passing in that game. Because if we remember, that was a game that was after the Raptors lost in San Antonio. They had that kind of no-show in San Antonio. And um, I want to say the bench had had a little bench mob meeting where they didn't play well in San Antonio at all. If you remember that game, right? It was only Kawhi that showed up in San Antonio. Everyone else played pretty poorly. But then the next game was in Milwaukee, and the passing was just so crisp. The defense was crisp. The Raptors came out, and they handled their business against Milwaukee. So we'll see what the mindset is come Thursday. Thursday night at home against the Bucks on TNT, right by then we'll know if Kyle Lowry is a reserve which we assume he will be and one thing I want to bring up here because the real diehard Raptors fans will know this and they'll remember this but last year what always happens is Kyle Lowry will have a, he'll have some really good games just before they announce the all-star reserves 
I always remember this. I definitely remember this from last season too. And yes, he's going to be named an all-star, but it's like his way of making sure he gets named an all-star. He makes sure to have really good games right before that happens. So anyways, Thursday night at home to the Bucks, that will be a big time matchup. Uh, tune into that for sure. Uh, someone here on Twitter says, great analysis. The Raptors are fun to watch. Greetings from Germany. Wow. Shout out to Germany. Um, let's go to Instagram. See what's going on here. Lots of comments on Instagram. I'll scroll up to the beginning and try to get caught up here because shout out to the Instagram people always here. Always see the regulars here. I'm trying to, wow, there are a lot of comments here. Uh, MVP chance for Kawhi in Dallas. Raps fans are everywhere. It's really true. The Raptors fan base travels so well. And the one thing I'll say is that makes it even more annoying that at home, the crowd seems so quiet. It's weird to me. I was watching that Boston uh, Golden State Warriors game Saturday night. And that Boston Celtics crowd is so lit and i remember the days when the raptors had that fan base all i'm saying is come playoff time people need to get serious all that like sitting down during playoff games no 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 no. you need to use your home court advantage as a weapon the same weapon that it was when you made the run against the Cavs in the conference finals and he had lebron james like mesmerized by how great and supportive that crowd was or if you go back to the Brooklyn Nets series and Kevin Garnett said he's never heard a crowd like that and he's been in a lot of playoff battles a lot of tough situations and he said he's never heard a crowd that loud as was game seven when the Raptors lost to the Nets that year all I'm saying is Raptors fans please show up and make some noise make it a real home home court advantage uh, let's see, more comments. Someone says, finally, they got some practice. They looked a lot smoother. Funny how that works, right? Despite what AI says, practices does come in handy sometimes. Uh, more shouts to Kyle Lowry. Someone says, nice to see Lowry play well. Another comment, raps play better with KL. End of story. Very true. Uh, someone else says, Kyle was never the most talented, but we can hopefully and always count on his heart and hustle. It's true. It's intangibles, right? It's a part of the game where every sport, you see statistics get boosted so much. Everyone talks about stats and try to use stats to tell you what happened in every game, but there's still going to always be a need for the eye test. And Kyle Lowry might be one of the best examples of that in the sense that, you know, there's so many things that he does that doesn't show up in a box score. I mentioned that possession on Luka when he's guarding Luka Doncic. That's a great job there. That doesn't show up in the box score. All the points that Pascal Siakam and Serge Ibaka get are Kyle Lowry passing it to them, setting them up in the shooting pocket perfectly. You know what I mean? That's all Kyle Lowry. It just shows up as an assist, but the impact that he has on those two guys' games, Siakam and uh, Serge Ibaka, you can't just measure that with an assist in the stat sheet. That's all I'm saying. Uh, another comment here says, I've been saying this, ball movement generates made shots. Yeah. It's, it's, 
it's that Golden State play, right? You see the ball movement when the ball's on a string. It's tough for the defense to keep up. Plus, everyone feels involved. Everyone's taking their turn. There's no one that's just stopping the ball because they haven't shot in a while because they know that, hey, if I pass it up, when I have a good shot to get someone else a great shot, the same thing is going to happen next time around for me. Ball movement, very key. Uh, someone says, I'm pretty worried by how the Raptors are performing. A big trade is definitely needed. Uh, I agree. If you do, in fact, have championship aspirations, you do, in fact, have NBA Finals aspirations in what could be most likely Kawhi Leonard's one year here in Toronto, you're probably going to have to make a move to solidify your, your Eastern Conference Finals or NBA Finals hopes. Because Boston is a problem, okay? Boston is a problem. Like, they've struggled during the regular season, and the way that Kyrie Irving is playing lately, it's incredible. Also got to give credit to Brad Stevens for figuring out how to flip their lineup over and to start Marcus Smart and, uh, Marcus, Smart and Marcus Morris. And what that's done is it's, it's set roles, right? You've replaced those two guys in the starting lineup with Jalen, instead of having Jalen Brown and Gordon Hayward there, two offensive players that need the ball. Instead, you put in these other guys who are defensive grinders, right? They don't need the ball. But they can get busy at the same time, but they don't need the ball. It just kind of balanced out their lineup, and now you see them playing well. And Kyrie is playing incredible. They lost to the Warriors, but yeah, I think everybody's going to lose to the Warriors. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, more comments. Pascal played a bit more controlled, too. He did. He did. We saw a lot less of the Pascal iso ball. But again, I want you guys to pay attention to that. Look at how many times when Pascal is scoring, it's because he's on the offensive glass, because he's running the floor. Lowry's getting him a layup. It's because he's cutting to the basket. Whenever you see things break down and Kawhi and Kawhi, sorry, and Pascal gets the ball and it's just him one on one with someone in the post, that seems to be to me, anyways, where he misses the majority of his shots. That part of his game is still developing and it's not there yet. But it's almost like you gotta pick and choose your spots. And he did a much better job of that tonight for sure. Uh, let's see more comments. The so Raptors are better than the sum of the parts when they're passing. When they go one-on-one, -on -one, we lose with teams that have more talent. That's true. Agreed with that totally. Uh, I know the points weren't really there, but I dig the Norm Powell turnaround. Norm Powell's had an interesting season because I thought he's been playing really well, but at the same time, the last few games, he's kind of been a little bit out of control. You know, he's kind of got to gear it down and, and find that middle ground but overall norm's giving you good minutes and the thing that i like about norm and again the thing i like about delon and i like the fact that delon got more minutes in this game and he got the minutes ahead of cj miles the thing about those two guys is even if their shot's not falling they'll still contribute in other ways they're still going to defend they're still going to try to get in passing lanes they're still going to try to you know they bring energy to the game right? They, they change the pace of play, whether it's on offense or defense. They're just energe energetic. They're energy guys. And so they're able to contribute in multiple ways. So Norm has done a really good job in that, but his success has come from being under control. 
So as long as he's under control, that's really what the Raptors need from Norm. And it's just one of those things where he's doing a good job. He's just got to continue to, to try to make it happen. Let me go to Twitter here. Someone says Van Fleet is getting better at knowing his limits, but I'm still seeing too many four shots. Yeah, for me, Freddie's four shots, they kind of come when the offense breaks down. You know, the offense stalls and he's left in a one-on-one kind of set and then he has to force. I think that's when he gets himself in trouble. But overall, Freddie, I think, had a solid year and it's better for him now that everyone's back and healthy that he can settle down a bit and settle in with the second unit, right? And try to make that work. Uh, Here's a good point from Instagram. Someone says, zone defense helped a lot with the Mavs missing shots. Totally agree. Nick Nurse, I talked about it on last podcast, and I said that I thought Nick Nurse didn't really have a good game last game. You know, the rotation was kind of off, and, you know, a couple of the, the late play calls didn't really go his way, obviously. This game, completely different. I think Nick Nurse did a really good job in this game, and as mentioned, how he reacted to the third quarter. Because we haven't even really gone over this, but at the half, the Toronto Raptors, they had 70 points at the half. The Raptors were up 70 to 58 at the half, right? I mentioned DeLon Wright had a great game. Raptors were on fire from three, 11 of 20 from three. They're 19 of 22 from the line, only had two turnovers. It was outstanding. But then the third quarter started, and I don't know if they relaxed because they just thought the game was over, but the Raptors had a horrible, horrible third quarter. They started off 0 for 10 from the floor in the third quarter. And basically, it was five minutes left in the third at one point, And the Raptors scored four points. <laughs> four points. They were 1 of 13 in the third before Freddie hit a three off some great ball movement. They ended up finishing the third quarter 4 of 19 from the floor and had five turnovers. The Mavs actually ended up taking the lead after outscoring the Raptors 30-15 to in that third queue. Mavs were up three. But now the fourth quarter. And this is where I feel like the relax comes in if you've been watching this Raptors team the whole year. Because you know that it's a three-point game. You know that the Raptors are more talented than the Mavs. But you also know that this team can get stops when they need to get stops. And so, most likely, as long as it's still close, you trust that they can win. And I mentioned getting stops. Nick Nurse, I bring this all up to get back to the comment here from Instagram, but Nick Nurse's adjustment when the middle of this run, Luca was going crazy. And Luca went out. Nick Nurse brought Kawhi back in. But the Raptors went to a zone. And it's always funny what happens when you throw a zone out there. I'm not really a fan of zone. In professional basketball, I'm not even really that much of a fan of zone in like any level of basketball. I get it. I understand it. But the thing that happens, I think, in the NBA a lot because you're not used to seeing it is that it throws teams off. It changes the the pace and the tempo of what a team is doing offensively. And it tricks you into believing that you're open from three. And then guys end up taking ill-advised threes. And that's what the Mavs did when the Raps were trying to get back in this game and get it, get back into the game and make it a tie game. And in fact, ended up taking the lead, right? The zone ended up working with five minutes left. And, you know, it just threw things off. But also the, the, 
the underlying reason why I think the zone worked for the Raptors as well was it gave their starters a bit of a chance to kind of rest while being on the floor as well. And that's that's the issue, or that's the part where I think the zone works at like lower tiered levels of basketball, right? Like when you have guys that have to play the full game in high school or in college, zone kind of gives you a chance to rest a little bit on defense instead of having to chase Luka around ball screens or guard someone full court. And because of the heavy minutes that the starters were getting in this game, right? Because remember, they didn't use the full bench unit as a unit in this game. So with your starters playing such heavy minutes, I look at it here, Siakam, 37 minutes, Kawhi, 35, Ibaka, 36, Lowry, 37, Danny Green, 31. With all those guys playing heavy minutes, the zone also gave them a chance to all be on the floor in the fourth quarter while also getting a chance to rest. Make sense? But a great adjustment by Nick Nurse, and it worked. Great game by Nick Nurse tonight. Nick Nurse, I mean... At the end of the day, you're talking about a dude that stepped in, changed the way that the, the lineups are played, moved Serge, changed Serge's position, dealt with two new starters, dealt with a bunch of injuries, and he looks up and his team is 37-15. and 15. I know he's not going to get Coach of the Year looks because a lot of people are going to say, well, basically they had the same team and they got Kawhi. But if you're really paying attention, Nick Nurse has dealt with a lot of different stuff this year and has done a really good job. Uh, let's see. Someone says uh, that's what Kawhi said in the post game. Yeah, Kawhi said the zone helped a lot. It just pushed things up a little, gives teams a different look, gives them something to think about. Uh, another comment: Our team is getting healthy, which is a problem for the rest of the East. Can't wait for JV's return. Yeah, a healthy Toronto Raptors team obviously is a much better Toronto Raptors team. Uh, someone named James says, what's up, Sheldon? What's up? What's up, James? Say what's up back. Uh, someone says, can we get Dirk on our roster for threes off the bench? <laughs> I don't think Dirk is going to leave the Mavs, but that'd be pretty funny. I don't know how much Dirk really has left in the tank, how many minutes Dirk can really give you, because he can't really move defensively, right? Um, yeah, someone else agrees here on the chat, says Nurse staggered Kawhi and Kyle's minutes perfectly. Um, someone else says, I agree with the staggering of the bench players with the starters. Again, people who are regular to this podcast knows it's something that we've been talking about for weeks, right? You don't have the same bench mob that you've had last year or even the year before, mostly because you move Siakam to the starting lineup, but at the same time, it's just not the same unit. You're not getting the same results. And so you have to kind of go back and figure out a way to, you know, find which, which combinations work while staggering your starters' minutes. And if you notice, they'll have a lineup where it's Kawhi and Danny Green in the bench. There's another lineup where it's Kyle Lowry and Siakam or Kyle Lowry and Serge with the bench, right? And you're noticing that in this game, and it worked really, really well because they keep bringing up uh, the bench minutes, a bench being plus whatever, right? And yeah, that's cool, and it's a great stat, but here's where the plus-minus is kind of a weird stat, a weird statistic, right? Because if I'm a bench guy, if I'm Fred Van Fleet and I'm on the floor, I'm getting credit for this run, but really Kawhi's just getting busy, <laughs> right? Do you, do you know what I mean? Kawhi's still there to get busy. So that kind of inflates the, the plus minus numbers. Now, bench points, again, that also kind of gets inflated because now 
if you're Fred Van Fleet and Freddie hit three or four from three-point land, right? The reason why I'm saying it gets inflated is because that changes drastically if he's on the court with Kawhi as opposed to if he's on the court with just OG because there's so much more attention being placed to Kawhi Leonard on the floor. Opens things up for Fred. Opens things up for DeLon. Does that make sense? Am I explaining that well? Anyways, great job by Nick Nurse. Um, CJ Miles did not play. Someone says, new Nurse was pissed at CJ after the Houston game. <laughs> CJ didn't give them much. The CJ Miles experiment, like, again, I don't want to spend so much time talking about these guys at the end of the bench because I don't really think it matters at the end of the day. But the DeLon Wright thing, I think DeLon Wright actually comes into the game and he gives you energy. Yes, he might make the odd mistake and turn the ball over, but one thing you'll always take from your bench guys is coming in and giving energy. And I think DeLon Wright does that, and he does way more things than C.J. Miles. So while I didn't really understand the C.J. Miles being played over DeLon last game, it was good to see DeLon back in the lineup. DeLon had nine points, I want to say, in the first half, and he was active, right? He was all over the place. He had a huge block after turning the ball over, but it was just good. Uh, let's see what else is going on here. People talking about getting Dirk, which I think, yeah, no. Dirk's never leaving Dallas. I agree with someone else in the chat here. Uh, more shouts to Kyle Lowry. Uh, shout out to Lucas. Shoots over Kawhi. Kawhi and hits the end of the game three just because. Also saying, uh, <laughs> thank goodness DeAndre Jordan is washed. <laughs> Oh, man. Another comment here says, DeLon playing better than Fred Van Fleet. Do you know what? I don't necessarily, like, I don't really think DeLon, or Freddie's played that much better than, than DeLon this season. I think they've both had up and down runs. But again, I like just what they bring to the table together. But we'll see. Uh, at the end of the day, though, thank you guys for sending in all these comments because Really appreciate it. Uh, more comments here. Kyle was more of a threat tonight, so it took the pressure off Kawhi, um, especially in the fourth quarter. Uh, someone says, is it me or do we really need help rebounding? And what's with giving up so many points in the paint? Well, it's a good question because it's a trade-off that you made by moving Surge to the five. You're going smaller, right? And especially JV. Your rebounding numbers are going to be down. You can't really play the matchups as much as you did early in the year when you have JV and Surge. And now you can pick and choose which big guy is better suited to play the five, depending on the matchups. Now you just have Surge and Siakam out there. And, you know, Surge has been doing a really, really good job, man. For struggling at the five, Surge is rebounding like crazy as of late. He had another double-double 11 and 11 uh i gotta find the sack because i wrote it down earlier serge abaka has been doing really well as of late i can't find the stat right now but i want to say he's like 18 and 9 over his last five games heading into this in heading into this one serge has just been playing really really well and the key for him i think is with jv out Serge has done such a good job of rebounding because you need him to do that yeah here it is serge averaging 18 and 9 while shooting over 50 in his last five games heading into this one right and without jv you need him to be that like rebounder on the glass we're seeing okc surge right now 
It's crazy to think. I didn't think this was possible. But we're seeing OKC surge. And it's going to be important to get JV back because you need to start giving Surge some rest because you want to make sure that he still has something left in the tank for a deep playoff run because you're going to need Surge on the, on the glass playing like OKC if you're going to make a deep playoff run. But yeah, huge shouts to Serge Ibaka. Serge has been playing great. Definitely been playing great. Uh, so many good comments tonight. So thank you guys so much for tuning in. And hopefully, I know I didn't play as great as Serge Ibaka on this podcast, but I hope I did okay for you guys on this Friday night. Thanks for joining me. Appreciate all the comments. Apologies, I couldn't get to all of them, but shouts to you guys as well. And I love how you guys just start having your own conversation the chat group that's really cool too because again this is the whole purpose of building this podcast just want to build a platform for raptors fans to discuss what's going on with their team the best team in raptors franchise history right we've seen Kawhi leonard prove again that he is the best player in raptors franchise history as well i know it might only go down as being one year for Kawhi, right but at the end of the day you're seeing it night in night out play that I think clinched his uh, 22nd straight game with at least 20 points, but he grabbed a rebound, came down on a fast break, got a tough and one, and it's just crazy. Right now he's at 22 games, one game behind Vince Carter for the franchise record for uh, consecutive games with at least 20 points, but Kawhi, I mean, it's crazy because that game to tie it is going to be against the Bucks, and I'm going to go out and that Kawhi is going to get 20 points against the Bucks because he tends to show up in those big boy games, right? The other thing with Kawhi too is um, he also set the Raptors record for points in a month. He topped that list and I think it was 31.6 points per game. Kawhi Leonard has a record now for the Toronto Raptors franchise, most points per game average in a month. What this guy's done, it's incredible. And so again, my message to the Raptors and enjoy this ride. Who knows what's going to happen after this year? Who knows where he's going to play? Who knows where he's going to live, <laughs> right? Like the rumors are just going to get so much more ridiculous from here on out. So it's best to just enjoy the ride, enjoy the run, and enjoy watching one of the best players in the league wear a Toronto Raptors uniform. Again, Kawhi Leonard did it for the Toronto Raptors tonight, 31, 33 and 10 for Kawhi Leonard. 19-9-5 for Kyle Lowry and Luka Doncic in a losing effort, but still came up with 35 points, 10 rebounds, and 12 assists for Luka Doncic. Just a monster game. Raptors win 123-120 to improve to 37-15, 16-11 on the road, and 15-6 and against the Western Conference. This Raptors team is good, folks. This Raptors team is very good. And it's a different vibe. They mentioned that last year's record at this point was, I want to say, 36 and 16, I think they said. But anyways, like right around the same thing. But watching this team, don't you believe it a little more than Raptors teams of the past? That you, you didn't really buy into the regular season success? I don't know. It's interesting. But anyways, the big message, enjoy the ride. And again, thank you for joining me. My name is Sheldon Alexander. Shouts to the people again on Twitter where you can find this podcast live after each and every episode. Or sorry, after each and every Toronto Raptors game. You can find me on Twitter and this Wrap It Up podcast live. 
at Shell Alexander. Up within minutes following each and every Raptor game, click there, have the conversation, join in the conversation with us there, or you can do the same on Instagram at Sheldon Alexander. But if you're unable to do that, you're more of a podcast person, you need it for your commute, you need it for your treadmill work, whatever it is, tune in. As always, the Wrap It Up podcast you can find on the On Blast podcast network, which is on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, and of course on YouTube. Huge salute to the YouTube community, the YouTube crew, the people watching the YouTube videos at work, watching it late nights while you're studying or whatever. You got it on in the background. Shouts to all you guys for supporting the podcast and supporting the movement of the Wrap It Up slash On Blast community. And again, don't forget to tune in to our Ball on Blast podcast, which I do each and every week with our guy, Andrew Webster. Um, That's a basketball, NBA-wide conversation mixed in with a little pop culture stuff at the end. This week's episode that's up right now, we talked about the All-Star starters, gave our predictions for the rest of reserve rosters. We talked about James Harden's crazy run, Boogie being back, uh, Russell Westbrook being Russell Westbrook, and... We actually talked about the Fire Festival doc on Netflix as well. Lots of fun on that podcast. Again, that one's a Ball on Blast podcast, which you get on the same feed that you find this podcast. So anywhere you see that, like and subscribe, tell your friends. Greatly appreciate it. Again, my name is Sheldon Alexander, and I did used to pray for times like this to rhyme like this. This is Wrap It Up on Blast, Raps Post Game Show, as always, unpolished and unapologetic. Until next time. Big boy game on Thursday, folks. Wrap it up podcast. Till then, see ya. Boom, blast.